This is the Famous Friends Podcast. Showcasing and recognizing talent among our friends and future friends. You're listening to the Famous Friends Podcast. I'm your host, John Luca. I'm here with my co-host, Selena, and a wonderful, unreal, unholy, holy man of the skies, Mr. Mike Patrick. Hello. Hi, that's uh, that's quite the introduction. <laughs> yeah, I had a podcast. little bit more going for you, but I'm like, I got to cut this short here. I can I can do that all day. <laughs> well, yeah. So basically, you're our my pilot friend. Yeah, okay. but yeah, yeah. Like I've known you um, because you and my boyfriend Anthony play hockey. Yeah. It's been how many years? I was just trying to think about this before coming on. How many years have I known you? I think about the same time I've known Anne because he's been playing hockey that long. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I've been back in Toronto now for quite a while as well. I guess it's been probably since 2012. So what's that? I guess going on nine years now. Is that Ooh. math right? Yeah, that sounds right Ooh. because I think we're going on eight years. Yeah. And then so, yeah, I think I started playing hockey with the guys probably about, yeah, about a year after I was back. So, yeah, I'd say that math works out pretty well. That's crazy to think about. There we go. Yes. So you're, uh, I actually didn't know that you're a pilot right off. I think once you came to the rink, you had like your, your pilot gear on and i'm like who's this like, who's, who's that <laughs> guy i want to know him <laughs> there's the after work priorities or hockey you got to get luckily the airport's pretty close to the rink so it's, I love uh, it, yeah. it's a pretty good turnaround so yeah exactly like your fiance jenny was telling me you would come straight to the rink sometimes like you yeah. land that plane and be like guys Gotta go to hockey. <laughs> well, the one rink, we fly right over the rink that we play at York. And the other, depending on what runway we land on, I can see um, uh, I bought Iceplex. So I can always just kind of neat because I'm like, okay, I'm over it now. I can probably be there in like 40 minutes. Like, this is pretty good. So, And I swear, every time we see a plane in the parking lot, we're always waiting. Yes, <laughs> you'll be flying tonight. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So yeah, you're the cool guy who's the pilot in our group. Um, but yeah, you have a really interesting story. Like, I mean, well, to preface, everyone kind of, or not everyone, but maybe a lot of young people try to think of what they want to be when they're older and you hear like, oh, I want to be a pilot. So was that always you? Is that how you kind of got into it? Like, how did you become a pilot, essentially? Yeah, basically from as far back as I can remember, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I mean, the, the people who usually tell you these stories, your parents, right? They kind of say, well, you know, from the time that you were a little kid, this is what you've always wanted to do. So I kind of go by that. Um, I'm sure like a lot of kids, though, I think you see something new, you learn about a new profession. You're like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Um, right. So as far back as I can remember, this is kind of the career I wanted to get into. Uh, my parents also credit some of that with it. I guess Buttonville Airport, if you know where that is, their kind of highway, mm -hmm. like a 16th Avenue there in 404. They used to have a playground, so my parents would take me there when I was a kid to play. So, um, again, I like to believe that story because it makes it sound more romantic, I guess, how I got into it, maybe. So, <laughs> yeah, Buttonville Airport, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what, Mike? Exactly. I just want to say thank you for coming on and joining us as a famous friend. It's, oh. it's not every day that we get to talk to a pilot. So, like, <laughs> You have such an extraordinary career. Like, it's not just an everyday job, you know? Well, I, uh, believe me, I was very excited to come on a little bit nervous as well. But I mean, it's it gives me a chance to talk about this. Jenny's sick of hearing me talk about flying. So this is great to talk about, <laughs> to talk about, about it with you guys. This is, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, well, thank you for like, coming here and like, you know, man of the skies here. I, I, I'm just, I, I'm all giddy, you know, like I'm, I'm all nervous. I'm like, Oh, I've never talked to a pilot. Man. Yeah, like, there's so many things I want to ask you, but we're going to have to get into it. You know, it's like, Oh, well, thank you, Mike. Anyways, and so oh, yeah. thank you no, for being no, on. Like, this very is cool. excited. Well, and it means a lot having me here. It's really cool. Oh, no problem. Like yeah, you, really you want to tell me yeah. like, have you always been a fan of aviation? Like what, what inspired this? Like what, what truly made you become it's again, it, it's kind of tough. It's like I'm the first one in my family to kind of uh, take take on this kind of career in aviation. Both my parents were teachers. Um, so, you know, this I'm kind of the first one to do it. And I mean, like I said, just my parents kind of say I always maybe showed a little bit of an interest in uh, in kind of doing this as a career, I guess. Um, and I think as I kind of, you know, got a little bit older and kind of understood a little bit more about it, I really took an interest in airplanes and kind of really nerded out pretty hard, I think, on airplanes. And um, I kind of think as, you know, time went on, I kind of realized that it could take a career path and maybe what I had to do to kind of get to that point, I guess. So where did you go to school? But, um, so I went to school in Richmond Hill, uh, Richmond Hill High School. Yeah. And then um, kind of once I was getting into grade 11, I guess is kind of when they're, they're, you're kind of deciding your career path, I guess. And 
Uh, there's a college in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario called Sioux College. Oh, the Sioux. Uh, and they offer a really, really good uh, aviation or pilot program there. And so that's kind of the choice, and that's kind of where I ended up going. It's in northern Ontario, which is a beautiful part of Ontario. Um, yeah, so it was a three-year program, and they kind of give you from kind of nothing all the way to your commercial pilot's license, which really after that point would give you a chance to get your first job. Now, do, do you wow. need a certain amount? Like, because, you know, back in the day, believe it or not, I'm going to share a little Timbit with you, Mike. I was an air cadet. Like, oh, no, no way. Nobody okay, really so knows that, so keep that on the Sorry, down low. What? You know, I was an air I cadet, Selena. That. Yeah. I had well, no idea. Not, 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 not too many people know. So that's between us. There was a time in my life that I wanted to be a pilot. So being able to talk to one is really cool. And okay. I, I did the ground school thing. And as air cadets, I, do, I did like seven or eight months of ground school. And then I fell off of it because like it, it was really um, studio, like study intensive. And like you have to know yep. a lot and you have to really, really be like into it. But I, I knew uh, friends who were in air cadets that like went through the whole program, got their gliders, mm -hmm. then got their powers and then so on. But like, yeah, how many hours did you have to complete in order to do that? Or do you have all of them? Like what? Uh... So basically, like, it's funny, because a lot of my roommates and friends that I went to college with went through uh, cadets as well. So a lot of them had their power and their glider license when they showed up. Yeah. Um, so that was probably about, I think there was 80 of us who started. So say about 30% of the class had that. And the rest of us started out kind of with zero. We didn't know anything. Maybe we'd rented an airplane just to make sure that it was something we enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so by the time, I, so I had zero hours when I started. And then uh, when I graduated, I had just a little over 200 hours of actual time flying an airplane. And that was either with an instructor or by myself is kind of how they, how they break it up. Mm -hmm. And that's basically the minimum you need to get your commercial pilot's license. Because if you do it through a college program, they're kind of directing you towards that career goal, right? Um, you could also do it privately. So after, if you, if you had left air cadets with your power license, you could have chosen to continue on either as a hobby or kind of move towards a career as a pilot. So it's really kind of depending on what you want to do or up in the air, if you want to say that's my, uh, there's my yeah. lame joke for the day, but <laughs> yeah, there's like a lot of different avenues you could go and yeah, you can you can really decide. And I think that's kind of the exciting thing about it. I mean, some people are, are can be turned off from it. And I, I fully understand because it is choosing it as a career path. I don't want to say limits it limits you later on in life because, you know, normally as a career, you kind of stay within that lane. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it's difficult to branch out afterwards because you have a very designated skill set or directed skill set at that point. Right. I mean, I'm 41 now. I've been doing this since I was, well, 20 or 19, I guess. Wow. So, I mean, I don't really know much else other than doing this. So, well, I mean, like, you know how to operate a huge vehicle. <laughs> Is it like driving a car? Like, do you have a routine? Some sort of transferable skills there. How yeah. share? Like, you know, I get in my car and I push the button, I put it in drive, but you got to go through a process, you know? So what it's like to fly a plane. <laughs> There's more buttons. <laughs> it's 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 it, it is pretty cool. But the funny thing is, I mean, like if you start out in a small airplane, it is just the same as you're driving your car. I want to spoil the surprise. Big airplanes don't have keys, but small airplanes do have keys. So you, it's just like driving your car. You get in, you start it up, and you kind you kind of get going. I mean, it's even when you're on the ground getting to the runway, it's still kind of like driving a car. You know, you have brake pedals that you use to slow the airplane down. Um, until you get into the air. And then that's obviously where you kind of enter that, I guess, that other dimension, if you want, kind of that you can, you know, go up and down. Your car goes left and right, forward, back. Um, but I mean, you can kind of go up, down, yeah, kind of yeah, add you can that pivot on different so, axes, you know. Ex see exactly. See, this is great that you know, you've taken the ground school because you know you kind of know some of this stuff as well. Yes. So this is perfect. So math and physics skills. <laughs> yeah. You know what? See, these are good skills. The one thing that stuck through ground school is actually I have like a weird knowledge of clouds. <laughs> Nobody really knows. <laughs> oh, that. I, I don't know that. why. I love clouds. <laughs> But see, that, that that's perfect. You know what? I mean, meteorology is one of those interesting ones that sometimes, I guess, if you're at a party, you can pull out the cloud knowledge and people are like, that's pretty cool, yeah, actually. Pretty cool. <laughs> see that one right there? That's a cumulus right there. Yeah, <laughs> like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just full of useless knowledge. There's party tricks flavors so. that's honestly I, I that's i feel like that's half of what a lot of us know but but then at the end of the party they're like do you remember that guy you were talking to he really knew a lot of interesting <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah you know being up in the sky is like you must see some really cool sights like you know have you seen like lightning strikes have you seen what have you seen um well, can I, you just mention something first sorry before you get into that your name right now on google is flight level photography oh is it 
Yes. Oh, yeah, I guess so. so. That's right. Really? Now you can get into it by saying you actually take photos sometimes of these cool <sighs> Oh, that's true. That you yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess I've always even had a little bit of a, I guess, a photography bug. My uncle was a photographer and an artist and actually so was my aunt. But I mean, I think that was a big thing is when I first got a digital camera, I'm like, oh, I can bring this in the airplane with me. That's kind of neat. Yeah. And it's funny because I posted a video on Facebook the other day that I took years ago when like you had those big clunky digital cameras and the video quality is so bad, but it brought back all these great memories. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in terms of things that I see, I mean, it's, and I guess if you've ever flown in a small airplane, if you fly over something you're familiar with, it looks completely unrecognizable from the air the first few times you do it because there's also that extra dimension now it's like i'm pretty sure my house is right there but i don't remember it looking like this so i mean everything takes on a different perspective and i mean for me i'm pretty lucky i think well i'm very lucky to be doing what i do but i think in terms of the views it's some even just simple stuff for me like uh, i kind of wrote this down when i was going through stuff but again it's the rocky mountains to me are probably one of the most beautiful parts of canada um they're if you see them from the ground driving through the highways you know they're just awe-inspiring right and i think maybe just seeing it from the air giving that different perspective it's just it's it's hard to describe um during the summer they're beautiful during the winter though they're almost a little bit more beautiful because you kind of get that mix of like the crisp white snow and kind of the glaciers and that kind of stuff so that's probably one of my probably one of my favorites i'm kind of biased because i spent so much time out west i think as well uh, the northern the northern lights are something that I've seen that I mean are just the uh, same wow. thing. It's it's one thing to see them, you know, from your backyard or from your cottage here in Ontario, but seeing them from an airplane again, they take on a different, like another an extra dimension, right? Because you're you're kind of viewing something that's still a long ways above you, but you're seeing it from the air, and you don't have that light pollution from around you. Right. So we kind of have the option, like <clears throat> from the from the cockpit, we can just turn all the lights down for a couple minutes and maybe just look outside and. Um, kind of take a look around and take it all in. It must so, be surreal. Yeah, it, it in many ways it is. I mean, there's 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 lots of other things. Um, the other day I was just talking about something called Saint Elmo's fire, and uh, as a cloud guy, you can understand. So the clouds are made up of these ice crystals. Um, this is going to sound science sciencey and boring. And Jenny said, "Don't ramble on." So I'll try not to. But oh no, um, I like. <laughs> <laughs> when you fly through ice crystals, the airplane builds up this really um, kind of intense static charge to it, which is completely safe and completely normal. Um, but what starts to happen is you kind of get a blue glow on the windows of the of the, of the cockpit. So mm-hmm. kind of like if you've ever seen those science spheres that have like the the electricity in them, and you can put your finger and trace oh, yeah. the, the it's just the same yeah. thing, and you can do it. Yeah, the exactly. science center. You, yeah, you can do yeah. that. Yeah, and so you can do it on the uh, on the window in front of you. So it's this, these blue kind of like fingers of electricity. And you can kind of trace them around a little bit. So wow. it's kind of something. I, it's just something a little bit different. It's weird the first time you see it. You're like, what's what's happening out my window Should right now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what's that name again? St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's um, Fire. So wicked. Yeah. Have you and it's, with your commercial flights? Or is pardon? it just... Was this a private flight or is this like you could see it? It, it happens quite a bit. I mean, it happens all the time when you fly through clouds. It's You can really see it at night for the most part. Um, you can kind of see it during the day if you're kind of in a, in a really thick cloud that's kind of dark. But mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of, I guess it's, again, it's the passengers don't necessarily get to see it because we have uh, glass windows up front. So I guess they conduct the electricity a little bit differently. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of the way it works out. But That's a cool thing. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. How, how come that doesn't happen um, in the rest of the plane, like, you know, our windows, like as a passenger. I don't really know. I just think it's the way, because your windows are facing kind of 90 degrees to the airflow and the crystals. I just don't know if that's kind of how the static electricity discharges. Like we kind of get it more up front. Yeah. I'm not hundred percent sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you could maybe see it in some other parts of the airplane. If it was dark enough outside, you might see it glowing, but yeah, I've never really taken a look, but I definitely know that we can see it out the front. So it's kind of, yeah, it's pretty neat actually. Now, uh, well, that's, Definitely cool. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Selena. No, 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 I just this is really cool stuff. I know. I'm I, I have to go and see this for myself one this day. This is Friday morning <laughs> class for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you being Selena's friend, you, you know, Selena, you know a bit more about this famous pilot. Like, who has a you know a pilot friend? It's crazy. It's like knowing knowing stories, George. Like, know. I know George. Yeah, you know Mike. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Do, do you fly internationally? Do you fly locally? Tell me about your flights. 
Um, for the most part, I it's kind of when I'm choosing the flights I like to do, we can bid a schedule every month. And I usually choose to do flights that kind of get me <clears throat> out and back in the same day. So I'm kind of home for breakfast, home for dinner kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of those flights tend to be international flights out of Florida for us, uh, just because of <clears throat> who I work for and kind of where our destinations are. A lot of that stuff is kind of, yeah, Florida and back. Um, most of the flying I've done throughout my career, though, has been in North America, the Caribbean uh, kind of thing for the most part. So, oh, wow. What's your favorite place to fly to? Um, I think it's it's kind of tough. I mean, every place has its own little kind of special thing to it, I guess. Um, I haven't really done any flying to Europe, so unfortunately, I can't say that it's one of my favorites, but I imagine it would probably be up there. But oh, yeah. I love the West Coast of the United States. Uh, California and Oregon uh, are particularly beautiful. Probably my favorite destination, though, yeah, in California, I would say is San Diego. I spent a lot of time there in my old job. and. Um, it's just such a cool city. I think it's very laid back, which kind of goes with my approach to things. I think it's, I can wear flip-flops in downtown and no one looks at you funny. So (laughs) it's kind of a big part. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, I think California is really beautiful. And like I said, the West coast in general is really great. Oregon has just some stunning long beaches. You can go on and that kind of stuff too. And like, you just sound so well-traveled. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm just so fascinated about all this travels. Like, it's not every day that uh, you get to meet someone that traveling is his career, you know, going to and I guess, from. Yeah, I guess that's true, actually. And, you know, I think that's something I don't want to say people in the industry perhaps take for granted, but almost in a way you do from time to time, because you kind of forget that your job takes you to places that other people don't necessarily get to go to. Right. I mean, and it's, and that's just, we consider that work. Right. Yeah. And that um, often. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it is. You, you kind of forget that sometimes. And it's, you know, I guess that's either good or bad. But I mean, it's nice to kind of say, hey, yeah, I was in L.A. this morning and I'm back in Toronto at home again today. Like it's it's not I know it all it almost sounds like bragging, but it's not. I think sometimes you do just forget that you really are lucky to be able to do these things, I guess. And I'm going to add on to that favorite uh, destination question. Do you have it's mm-hmm. weird to ask this, but I have to. Did you have like a favorite airport to take off or land it? Um, it's, I think I do. I mean, home is always kind of sometimes your favorite place to go. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed Vancouver is a beautiful airport to fly into. You kind of get this transition from the Pacific ocean to the mountains. It's just, again, it's pretty, it's just gorgeous out there. Um, sometimes Toronto is my favorite place to fly into because it means I'm home if I've been gone for a few days. Um, yeah, it's, I know it sounds pretty simple, but I mean, it's just, I, sometimes those are the, your favorite places. They're also kind of easy places to fly into. They're familiar to you. Um, you kind of know the ins and outs, maybe the different nuances of the airports themselves. Um, if they have their own kind of challenges and that kind of stuff. So that's true. Like, do you know airports pretty well, like where to go inside of them? No? Yeah, you tend to get to know them quite a bit. I mean, again, it depends on your schedule. Like I think there was an entire year, I think all I did was fly Toronto to Miami and back. So, I mean, I started to get to know Miami really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get lost in calling you then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, so, I mean, it, it is, it is kind of fun because you do get to know some, yeah, some pretty cool places. Um, one that I will say in the Caribbean is St. Martin. And if you guys oh, watch the YouTube videos of place. people who, <laughs> I love that. So, you know, I love that. Continue yeah. On. So St. Martin's probably one of my favorite spots to go into uh, as well in the Caribbean. It's, it's stunning. It's a challenging airport at times. Uh, the scenery is great. Everyone's on the beach watching airplanes land. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool as well. I think so. Selena, have you seen those videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's really close, you're talking about? Yeah. To the beach? Well, there's yeah. the ones that they, they come up over top and they land really close to the airport. And then there's the ones that, oh, that yeah. people stand with. I, you can't do it anymore, I believe. But they used to stand by the fence when these big Wasn't airplanes take like, off. Um, one of those beaches at spring. Yeah, at spring oh, break, yeah. you usually see like a lot of people and then they got really close. I don't know. Maybe I'm making it up. Maybe it's not that. You telling stories, Selena? Do you remember it? I remember seeing it in a movie. Like this is really a, maybe the wrong movie. We're in the presence of a pilot. How dare you? I can see. I can see through your lies. I know what you're making up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've seen uh, these videos. Well, if you, if you want to look it up, I think it's called Maho Beach. If you look it up on YouTube, you'll see all that stuff there. It's. Yeah. Uh, I I question how safe it is to stand behind an airplane that's getting ready for takeoff. But I mean, everyone. Yeah up to them <laughs> we're adults know, when you have a few uh, caribs or a few heinekens down there and it starts to look like a great idea like, look, at this, look at these guys having all the fun you want to join in read <laughs> let's do this guys yeah, yeah exactly. 
<laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, go ahead, Sal. I, no, I do have a, a question about something that I, I don't really understand because being in a plane, you're like, okay, are they, are you guys always holding on to the steering wheel or there's a thing called autopilot that we hear of? Like, how does that work? Um, so basically, I mean, it's, it's funny, the airplanes I started flying didn't have autopilot, so you do everything yourself. And <clears throat> I think it becomes a skill unto itself, um, just like operating an autopilot really is. So that's a question I think a lot of people ask. Yeah. So it's a newer type of technology, autopilot? It's, no, autopilot's been around for a long time, but it's such an expensive okay. technology that having it on smaller airplanes that you're learning to fly on doesn't really make sense. Okay. Um, the big thing about autopilots, um, from kind of from our perspective and when you first use one, you don't like it because you're so used to doing everything yourself. You want the airplane to go there. You know how to point it in that direction. Whereas the mm -hmm. autopilot at first kind of seems like an extra step. It's like, okay, well, I have to tell something else to tell the airplane where to go. It's like, I know how to get there. Yeah. But the reality is when you get into flying larger airplanes uh, with passengers on board, as much as I hate to admit it, the autopilot um, probably does a better job of flying the airplane in terms of how smoothly it does things. Like it, it notices trends better than, you know, our eyes do or our kind of our inner ear would notice. Mm -hmm. um, but the big thing, too, is the, the workload management. It really, again, flying feels easier the longer you've done it. But I mean, the reality is that having a little bit of help, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, a big one for us is if you do have an emergency, uh, for the most part, we still let the autopilot fly the airplane because that allows one of the pilots because there's usually there's two for the most part, a captain and first officer. Um, that allows for one person to monitor the autopilot and make sure the airplane's flying where you want it to go while the other person is troubleshooting or going through checklists to solve a problem. So it's definitely necessary and it does make your lives a lot easier um, kind of as you get through your career to the point where, again, some people would argue it, but you do kind of lose some of those skills that you had when you were first learning how to fly. So your stick and rudder skills, which are kind of your, your basic flying skills since we don't use them as much, you kind of lose them a little bit or they're not as sharp as they once were, which doesn't mean we're unsafe in any way, but it just means that, I don't know, I guess when we get to kind of full, fully autonomous cars, like when Tesla finally mm -hmm. makes their autopilot work all the time, I think you'll see that something similar like that. I guess that's the, maybe the closest correlation I could give, but. Right. That's what I was thinking, like cars, how to equate it to that. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it is, it is really nice to have like to the point now where we do it. So the takeoff, we fly ourselves. <clears throat> we can usually turn the autopilot on uh, about 400 feet into the air. We can turn the autopilot on mm -hmm. and then the autopilot will land the airplane um in foggy conditions and conditions where we might not be able to see as much as we normally really? do yeah so the yeah. autopilot will land the airplane and it's it's been around for a long time so um for in the airplane that i fly we have to be able to see the runway at 50 feet so if you think about 50 feet it's not really that far and when you're traveling at a couple hundred miles an hour 50 feet goes by pretty quick yeah. so as long as we can see part of the runway at 50 feet above ground, we can allow the autopilot to continue and land the airplane for us. Um, there's more advanced autopilots and bigger airplanes where you'd never really see anything. You might just see a couple runway lights and the airplane will touch down oh and land itself. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. That is really interesting stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's uh, and the first couple of times you do a landing or let the autopilot land the airplane, it's a little bit surreal for sure. Like it's one thing to read about it and understand the process, but to actually see it do it, you're like, oh, all right, all right. this works. This is good. <laughs> it's same, same thing is, I guess, when you get into a, the first time you get into a Tesla and it's like driving yeah. for you, like, what is this? What's it? Oh, okay. This is pretty cool. This is pretty yeah. Cool. Making a like, left turn I for me. In, all right. Yeah. Like, I haven't been in one that, have you been in one that does it? I have. Like, I haven't... And it's so cool. Oh, yeah. Elon It'd Musk so took weird. me home many a time in the U.S. <laughs> 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 oh, who's driving tonight? Elon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Good old pal. Yeah. Do you, like speaking about these checklists, um, what's the routine like? What do you go through? You know? Um, so it, you kind of you kind of develop, I guess, your own routine. There is still a very strict routine that you're gonna follow, but I mean you kind of develop your own things that lead up to it. I mean, for me, it's like I have to get my Starbucks coffee. So I need to show up at the airport. <laughs> I need to go to the Starbucks, get my Is coffee. Is this like a superstition that like, you know, people have like, I need to do this and you know, I don't, I don't know if it's a superstition, but for me, it's like, it, it's almost just become that habit. Like I'll have habit. a cup of coffee when I, before I leave the house. Yeah. And then I'm like, first stop is Starbucks. Like I need, I give myself so much extra time so I can go get a coffee at the airport. Mike, the pilot likes Starbucks. And he knows where all the best ones are. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> but I mean, in, in terms of a routine, I think we probably do all have our own kind of little things that we like to do uh, kind of when we get on the airplane. For me, normally, I kind of get down there and because I'm pretty early. Um, I, mean, I usually am the first one on. I'll go down and I put my bag in the cockpit, uh, hang up my jacket, and then I usually turn on the power on the airplane just so things are kind of going. And that way, if someone else comes down, they can start doing like the flight attendants need the power on to do some of their checklists yep. as well. Right. So I'll turn the power on and if, uh, depending on if the other pilot's there or not, usually we split up the duties. So when you first arrive at the airplane, uh, someone has to go and do something called a walk around. So they have to check the outside of the airplane. So basically kick the tires, make sure everything's where it should be. And then the other pilot, like I said, turns on the power. And there's a whole bunch of checklists that are kind of inside the cockpit. Um, so something we call it a stand-up checklist. And then there's a walk around. So there's two things to do. Um, and depending on yeah how the morning's going, I might do both if I'm really early. <clears throat> which sometimes is nice for the other person because you're running late. So that's kind of my routine. I mean, if no one's there, then I'll, I'll kind of do both and say, hey, it's done. But if you want to go do it, uh, you know, go for a walk or whatever you, whatever you have to do. So yep. Go outside in minus 20 and kick those tires, yeah. If you if you want to make friends <laughs> when when you're first starting out and you're a junior first officer, if you want to make friends with your captains, be like, oh, you know, it's a little cold and rainy out. If you want, I'll, I'll go do the walk around for you today. You, uh, you, you have a coffee. And, uh, that's it, yeah. Uh, that's that's <laughs> a game. Canada flights, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Go ahead, Sal. No, I, I, I was also wondering, like, so um, Jenny, your fiance is a flight attendant as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I was wondering, like, um, you, would you be eating the same food that they would be serving everyone else? Like, it, does everyone eat the same food? Are you able to bring, I guess, your own? How does that work? Um, it kind of depends. I tend to bring my own. Um, I have a very fancy lunch bag. It's not really fancy at all. It's like a <laughs> canvas lunch bag, slightly insulated. I tend to bring my own food on trips, uh, which poses its own problems when it comes to customs. Even if you're just going down to the U.S. for the day, you still have to clear customs with your food. We go through the same right. kind of agricultural screening. Um, but we can eat what's on board the airplane. Um mm -hmm. It's something that's only been available in the last few years for us is some warm meals. Um and there's some that I've had that are really, really good. Ooh, like what? Uh, there was a steak that I had the other day that was just kind of unbelievable. Not the other day, about two months ago. It was really, really good, actually. Um, mm -hmm. It was kind of a premium meal. I was actually deadheading. So I was coming back from Vancouver, maybe. What's a deadhead? Um, so I was just deadheading, which meant I was just kind of a passenger in the back. And I got served steak. It was pretty delicious, actually. Wow. Yeah. Um, but in general, uh, there's kind of unwritten rules. If you've ever seen the movie Airplane, I'm kind of dating myself by saying that. But I mean, you know, the pilots eat the same meal. They all have the fish. They all get sick. Um, so we're supposed to eat at different times and also eat separate meals or different meals, just in case. Oh, and it, it kind of does make sense if you think about it, right? Redundancy is kind of important in our industry where, you know, you have backup mm -hmm. systems. So having both pilots eating the same meal could potentially, I guess, you know, right. that. So. And one or both can't leave the cockpit at all. Like, there's always have to be one. Be yeah. yeah so there's always going to be one pilot in there. Um, mm -hmm. You Obviously, you know, a five hour flight, you're going to have to get up and go to the bathroom. But it's also mm -hmm. really nice to stretch your legs. It's like a long car ride sometimes, right? Yeah. Our, our seats are really comfortable, but getting up to stretch your legs is kind of nice. And um, yeah, just kind of taking a walk to the back. Would just be, yeah, that's kind of nice. Yeah, there's always one pilot in the flight deck um, at all times when the airplane's flying. Selena, I think we overlooked something here. At least I know I did. Yeah. You know, I heard well, like yeah. uh, your fiance, your wife is, oh. in a, is a flight attendant. Or, 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 you know, are the how friendly are the skies, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's There's talk about sweet. this right now. Yeah. <laughs> how did we meet? And now they have a little one, Evelyn. It's oh, so yeah. they're the best couple. Like uh, Jenny um, works at Seneca as well, where you're an instructor. So there's also that. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's so sweet. Sorry. Yeah, we, her and I met um, kind of when you're when you're going out on a, what we call a pairing together. So, or just when you're going on a pairing, which is basically whatever your work schedule is going to be for the next few days. Yeah. Uh, there used to be a trip. We went uh, Toronto to Las Vegas and you spent 24 hours in Las Vegas and you came back to Toronto again. Oh. And so I met Jennifer at the gate. So myself and the captain had already been working together for a couple days. And then Jenny and the other flight attendants showed up and um, we were just kind of chatting and um, everyone kind of starts to make their plans for what they want to do. Because again, it's fun to go to Vegas. You have 24 hours, yeah. you have a chance to go out and do something. And 
So some of the flight attendants said they were going to a club. I'm not a big club person. I mentioned before, I like my flip-flops and my shorts yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Jennifer and I just kind of got to talking and we said, oh yeah, I know. We'll just, uh, maybe we'll, we'll go out and do some gambling. There's this casino called Casino Royale. It's a, a real dive casino, but my gosh, is it a lot of fun to go Is to. that an old town like Las Vegas, like the old city? It's No, it's it's not. Um, it's I'm trying to remember what it's next to. It's next to a McDonald's and a Best Western Hotel, kind of on oh. the main, on Las Vegas Ooh. Boulevard. What there. a mix. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a real. I think there's a White Castle Burger in there now too. It's uh, <laughs> it's a pretty special place. But yeah, so we just kind of hung out. I mean, again, we had just met, and that was there was nothing else to it. It was just kind of hanging out, and um, yeah, we just went out for the evening, and that was kind of the end of it. And then we got back to Toronto the next day, and said, "Oh, it was nice meeting you. Um, I guess I'll see you again sometime." Um, and that was kind of it. And then I think we added each other as friends on Facebook as sometimes you do. And then one thing led to another. (laughs) You know, like you don't have to. Very cool people meeting. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say like who slid into whose DMS. (laughs) I I wish I could remember who was first. I mean, if you ask Jenny the story, she'll say that she chased me, but I kind of wonder if that's actually how it went. But yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to remember. It's been like, yeah, I think we've been together for eight years as well, actually. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's great. I mean, it's nice. And that's the one thing I think I just, cause we're on the topic. I mean, you work with so many people. Like I think, I think we probably have at our height, maybe 4,000 flight attendants. So, I mean, it's very rare, um, unless you bid the same type of schedules that you see the same person, you know, more than once in a month kind of thing, or more than once in six months. Oh, oh so it's always, always ever changed. Like you go into work and you're not going to see your coworker that you may have liked or you, you connected with for months at a yeah. time. Yeah. And I think, and that's a big thing about this industry too, is that's why I think procedures, this is, gonna, I, again, I'm not trying to go back to some kind of just like less exciting stuff, but that's why procedures end up being so important is because you are working with different people all the time. So it's important that you know what to expect from your coworkers and what they expect from you. Cause that's, things just tend to work a little bit better that way, I guess. Right. So. So cool. I didn't, and you know, oh, yeah. speaking about like the friendly skies, you, you can say yes or no or yay or nay on this, you know, kind of question. But like, is there a, like a lot of like sky romances that happen or a lot of like fraternization, <laughs> you know, amongst, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it goes. Tell me. Uh, 100% there oh, is. <laughs> That's a certification. Mike has been flying pretty. Yeah, yeah. How many hours have you acquired, by the way? Uh, it's, a lot I'm, of I'm pretty bad about keeping track, but I've got over 10,000 hours now, oh, I think. There so you go. Been... So you've definitely seen a lot of things. Yeah, I think so. I mean, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, too, I, I think that's the big thing. I mean, everyone's kind of in the industry because they have similar likes and that kind of stuff. And it's... Mm-hmm. It's like, in a way, it's like a an office romance, but you take it on the road maybe a little bit. I don't know. Like, it's, uh, <laughs> it's the best way to say it, I suppose. It's that but mindset, I guess. It is, I think, yeah. And I mean, it's... Exactly what yeah, I was going to say. I think, yeah, <laughs> you, you find yourself in probably situations that, you know, again, like we talked about travel being something that sometimes you take for granted. Well, it's like, hey, cool. Like, I'm in Barbados for two days now. So it's kind of... Hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know... I, um with those 10,000 hours, like you, you got to see some crazy stuff, you know, on planes, <laughs> off planes, like t- tell us, like enlighten means Selena. What have you seen? What have you like, heard? Specifically, yeah. I, I guess we were wondering, like, have you had a flight where like a baby was born? Like something like that. <laughs> no, it was, it was funny when I, when I was getting ready, I was like, a baby born. I'm like, no, I haven't had anything with a baby born. I mean, you do have, when it comes to medical stuff, I mean, I think you'd be surprised at how often there's some sort of medical that happens on a flight. Right. It's just, you put so many people together in an airplane, someone might have something kind of random happen. And I mean, um, I've been really lucky that way in terms of medical things where they've always had kind of happy endings. No babies. No babies. No babies. You'd also be surprised how often there is a doctor or a nurse on an airplane. I mean, one right. of the first things we do, our flight attendants are really, really well trained and flight attendants in general, not just ours, but in general, flight attendants have a lot of background in first aid. They go through a lot of training every year. Um, they have a lot of equipment on board, but Um, We also have equipment that can only be used by nurses and doctors. But I mean, I would be surprised if you asked everyone getting off an airplane, if there wasn't at least a few nurses and maybe a doctor on board every flight at some point. And so we'll page and ask them for help if we need it. Um, In terms of emergency stuff. Oh, sorry. No, that would make me feel better to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. It's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you're the flight attendants, like I said, they're, you're in good hands. They're, they're trained to, you know, kind of take care of you for your safety. 
just take care of you in general, but also, yeah, they'll, if, if, if you need something they're they're really able to help you out. So, um, but emergencies, again, I've been pretty lucky. It's nice to have kind of a, maybe an uneventful career, but, um, <laughs> one that kind of came to mind, we were taking off This is my old job. We used to, I used to fly private jets. So we were taking a client from Los Angeles to Tucson, which is a pretty mm. quick flight actually. But, uh, we took off and I think through like 10,000 feet, we had an engine fire light come on in the airplane. And, um, <laughs> it's funny because well, I guess it's kind of funny. Keep now. Calm. <laughs> yeah. But, but at the time, like it's, you have this bell that goes off three times and then a voice that says left engine fire. And then you push up and you, and you cancel it. And I mean, it comes over a speaker. So our passenger heard it in the back. Cause it was a small airplane as well. Oh shoot. And, um, but like literally I think the first thing was you've got to be like, the first thing I said was like, no, you've got to be bleep kidding me. Yeah. And then you're like, okay. And then you kind of go back, you're like, okay, what do we got to do? And you kind of revert back to your checklists and your procedures. And I mean, we go through it, we make, we, we, we pull the thrust lever back. So the engine's kind of at idle now, and then the fire warning goes out. And then once mm-hmm. we know the fire warning's gone out, we're like, oh, okay, we can kind of figure that maybe it's not an actual fire and blah, blah, blah. But anyways, go back to LA land. Unless you see like flames coming off. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> well, the big thing is we can't see, so we can't relaxed. see, right? So we don't really know. Right. We can't see the back of the airplane. So we kind of. The guy in the back pages you. Um. Yeah. By the way, there. something going on on the left phalange. I don't know what's going yeah. on. It looks right. <laughs> might want to check it out. It's up to you. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, I wish I had some better. Like, I work with some people who do have some really good stories. I mean, for the most part, like, you do have weird stuff. I mean, we passengers are asked to leave airplanes from time to time. Right. Um, for the most part, it tends to be kind of drinking usually ends up being the main one. I mean, they show up drunk. Um, people act differently, I guess, than they've been drinking on an airplane as well. Um, just that kind of stuff. I mean, like I said, I mean, getting through a career um, that's, I don't want to say lame, but I mean, that doesn't have a lot of excitement like you know that. What? Sometimes I think you're, you're lucky okay enough with. that uh, nothing happened and that that's fortunate. Yeah, nothing right good. There. Like that's, that's yeah. how you want it kind of. Well, I mean, and the, the big thing is too, I mean, the simulators we train in, they throw everything possible at you. So rest assured that, you know, other than the worst case scenarios, you know, you look at Sully in the Hudson there. I mean, that was something no one had trained for before because you just don't think it's going to happen. But I mean, short of that, and actually we do train on that kind of stuff now, but short of that, I mean, the simulator is able to show you everything that you could possibly experience in the airplane so we've probably seen it before it actually happens in real life on the airplane oh, wow, uh, wow. I mean, yeah, the training is and we airlines do things differently in terms of training but every six months uh i'm in the simulator training um well, and my co-workers i mean we're all we're all every six months so and what mm-hmm. are the, were there some events you know sully being one of them or i was gonna say just the one off the top of my head is like 9 11 there has to have been some changes that like with your within your career in terms of like procedures and how to handle certain things yeah 9 11 was a big one like i was i had just finished college um so i was kind of looking for my first job and i mean um 9 11 was one that changed a little changed quite a few things i mean the, the biggest one being that um well i guess especially if you fly if you flew before you you know the flight deck door the cockpit door would have been open um, in flight, sometimes you could go up and visit the pilots, but I mean, that's, is the door locked? that's gone now. And I don't think we'll ever see that again, unfortunately. Are, are the doors um, locked when you're in the cockpit? Like can, yeah, so the doors are locked now. So that's kind of, that's kind of that. So, I mean, there's still safety procedures in effect because there might be uh, an emergency that takes place where you might have to open the door. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so basically, um, as soon as we close that main cabin door, the flight deck door is locked. Oh, wow. And that's kind of it. So only the, uh, only the flight attendants are allowed up kind of thing. So, okay special knock on the door yeah so that was yeah that was kind of our big one it's uh that it, so that da, was definitely da, 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 a big da, da, change da. <laughs> yeah <laughs> da, da. all right let him in he's okay he's cool he's cool yeah are you yeah that's funny that's like the most common one i think everybody is leave their doors open yeah. you gotta secret <laughs> secret quote-unquote knock yeah, yeah yeah do you guys over the radio do you guys like talk well, I don't know what depends on where you're flying, like English or is there like some sort of uh, language internationally that's used? So English is the international language um, that's used by pilots and air traffic controllers to talk to each other, um, which obviously has drawbacks as you get kind of outside North America because English is not a first language in a lot of other countries. Right. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, it's, it is the international language. And I mean, I find it challenging as soon as you, you kind of get into the Caribbean for me, because these are my experiences. I mean, there's just the accents alone can sometimes be challenging. And so, and this is, this is why it's so important that you kind of stick to basic procedures that everyone is expecting you to do kind of thing. Um, cause it avoids that extra risk. You don't want to use terms that aren't kind of internationally understood because language barriers can yeah, have a real, yeah, I guess, dangerous impact on a flight potentially. Right. Mm. So yeah, you're calling everything the same thing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like something like the phonetic alphabet yeah. is Alpha, Bravo, our, Charlie, Delta. Per, Fox, see, Fox. this is perfect. Um, I remember <laughs> you and I. Are, you you and I are gonna have to talk later on about yeah. all this. That's so cool. I love the fact that you're an Air Cadets fan. I think that's really. I neat. have no idea. It comes it's in. A oh, secret. I know I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the funniest thing you've heard over the radio? Um, I've, I think I've heard. It's kind of hard. It's a lot of funny things. Um, I guess you hear from time to time. I mean, air traffic controllers, like pilots like to think of themselves as funny. If you ever hear a pilot make an announcement over the PA, they think they're making a joke. And most of us, we're just terrible at it. But air traffic controllers, most of their job is on the radio. Well, no, that's, I don't want to take away from what they do. What they do is amazing, but they spend so much time talking on the radio that they're usually the pretty, they're the funny ones. They kind of have some sort of thing. And um, we were in Los Angeles one day and this ground controller. So when you're, when you're first in the airplane on the ground, you're talking to a ground controller and they're, they're directing the airplanes and telling you where to go. And this ground controller had pushed these two airplanes backwards. He directed them to push backwards. I guess you can see me what I'm doing because we're on video, but so now these two airplanes are nose to nose, which airplanes can't go backwards once they've been disconnected from a tug. So these two airplanes are kind of nose to nose with each other and they can't move. And so we're listening to this unfold because we want to try and get through this traffic jam. And I guess the air traffic controller who'd caused it had gone on his break. Yeah. So the new controller came in and he goes, everyone, hold on one second. He went to the coffee lounge, got this guy back, and he goes, you come back here right now and you apologize to these pilots for what you've just done to them. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he, basically, he basically called them out. And, I mean, you couldn't help but laugh at that point, right? You're like, oh, the poor guy. So it was, I mean, we thought it was pretty funny. Again, I, it's sometimes when I tell people these stories, like I tell Jenny a story from work, she's like, uh-huh, that's, that's kind of lame. It just doesn't seem as funny to me, but... <laughs> Um, She's like, one, I've heard better. <laughs> one that I did write down that I only overheard, and I'll, I'll try and make it as quick as possible, that I thought was yeah, really yeah. neat. We were flying back through the Caribbean one day, and there's there's one frequency we we kind of have that we just listen to kind of in the background, and it's called an emergency frequency. And we're coming up, and we can hear all this chatter, because normally there's no chatter going on on this frequency. And um, what had happened was there was a big storm going through. This is in the Bahamas. So a big storm was blowing through, and there was a sailboat whose mast had been knocked over uh, by the wind. So I guess their radio antenna is usually on top of the mast. So without that antenna, they couldn't broadcast long distances, but they could broadcast straight up. So mm -hmm. an air transat plane that was flying over got the distress call from this boat. And then the air transat plane was relaying to a Coast Guard helicopter to direct them to find the sailboat that was in distress. Yeah. So wow. just listening to the coordination was actually pretty neat to kind of see this all un or to hear this all unfold over the radio was just something. So it's not funny, but it was one of those things. Mm -hmm. You're like, wow, so this, cool. this is like a bunch of people working together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to, you know, have a happy ending right to this story. So it was just something that, I mean, it's been a few years now. I don't know whatever came of, you know, did they you know, thank the pilots, thank the coast guard or whatever the, the, you know, the situation was, but it was just something really neat to actually listen to over the radio to hear it unfolding. So yeah, that's like a real life radio drama. So that's really it, it really was. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was really cool to listen to. So I mean, again, there's lots of funny stuff. At least again, we think we're saying something funny, but there's also some pretty cool stuff that you hear, you're like, wow, that was that kind of really came together really nicely. So honestly, that that's pretty cool. I can't lie to yeah. you. You never would think. It's just like you tell that story, and you're like, huh. Wow. Like how how much would have like had to happen in order for this to like come come about, you know? Yeah, it's, it, it, yeah, it is pretty cool. I mean, there's, there, yeah, it's sometimes things just work out that way. And that was, yeah, that was a good happy ending, I think, to that one. So do you have, do you have like any strange moments, maybe over the radio or in the cabin they'd like to share? Strange moments. Nah, I don't really think I've had anything terribly strange happen that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, the flight attendants have the best strange stories for the oh, most part. For sure. For sure. Interacting with the others, yeah. 
Yeah, because we're just kind of uh, we're in a cockpit locked locked up with each other, right? For the most part. But the flight attendants have some of the great stories. I mean, every now and again, you get a celebrity on board, which is kind of cool. But again, I mean, like I don't really get a chance to to talk to them as much. But uh, we should have had a, a moment where Jenny comes. On. <laughs> I just thought I, of this. I right mean, now. <laughs> like she 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 had uh, Alan Thick on the flight once, and actually, it was on my flight as well. well that's I don't, right. Like, she told me this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was just just the nicest person. Um, you can imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't really have anything that's, it's all right. That's all right. What, what kind of passenger are you? Like when you, when you're not flying the plane, you know, we're, <laughs> we're all different. I, I can tell you right now, yeah. I, I am the type of guy I'm taking two gravels and I'm having a glass of wine uh, at the airport. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you it's lights out. I put a cap down <laughs> and I wake up at my destination. Like that's it. That's a good, that's, that's a good type of passenger to be some passenger. I am. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, who are you? Are you like a nervous flyer cell? Or, you you know, I've never been on the flight. Yeah, a little bit. So, I try to do the same thing, or like, I'll try to sleep on the flight or listen to music to calm myself. It's more like, again, I was telling Mikey this before it's the takeoff and landing parts that I don't really care for, or some like, I've had bad turbulence experiences. And uh, yeah, it's just like, you don't want to go through any of that. You just want smooth sailing and then you land. So, yeah, I guess I'm a little bit nervous. But I feel better if I know what's going on and like that things are cool. So when the cap, uh, whoever's at the front, yeah, the captain would say, oh, we're ex- going to experience this. Like, I- I- I'm going to expect it and like we're going to go through it together. And I know that they got it. Right, Mikey? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's I think a lot of people are like that. I think a lot of people who are generally nervous about flying are, yeah. you know, if I'm in the passenger seat of a car sometimes, I mean, you know, have you ever been with a friend and you're like hitting the brake on the passenger seat? Yeah. You're like, uh well, there's no brake pedal here. Slow exactly. down. So stop sign. Yeah. Stop sign. Stop. Stop sign. <laughs> All right. So we're not stopping. You know, when you get on, are you like a friendly guy? You sit in the chair. How's it going today? You know, or are you just like, you mind your own business kind of passenger? <laughs> I think I, I think I kind of mind my own business. Like, I mean, usually I've downloaded some Netflix or some Disney plus as it may be now, I guess I put on my headset. I just kind of, kind of do my thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess I can be chatty as well. It kind of depends, but for the most part, yeah, I think I kind of sit down in my chair and kind of mind my, mind my own. Do the flight attendants know that you're a pilot? Do you have to like disclaim that or can you just be a passenger? You can, you can just be a passenger. Usually if you fly within your own airline. So if you're deadheading somewhere, if you're traveling with family somewhere, there's a pretty good chance someone will, will know you, um, on the flight. But also, I think now, just with all the digital bookings and that kind of stuff, I think you'd also show up. I think that uh, they have cabin crew devices, so they all the flight attendants mm-hmm. have iPads, so they would actually see employee, and then I think they can see a little bit more. Oh, that's your cover. But I mean, <laughs> I, I I don't I don't think a lot of pilots make a point of announcing that that's you know if they're just traveling kind of thing. Um, of course, you always hear the stories of uh, someone coming on the PA and saying. Is there anyone on this airplane who knows how to fly yes. an airplane? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, you captains, you pilots, <laughs> funny guys, funny guys. Like, do, do you get dressed up as a pilot for Halloween? No, oh. I do. I think it's been a long oh time god. since I've done that. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Say, be yourself. That's the best way to go about it. <laughs> you have a permanent yeah. Halloween costume the rest of your life. That's so true. That's so true. You, you know what, Mike? I think I, I came into this one all giddy because I'm like, I'm all nervous. You know, I'll get to interview <laughs> and talk to a pilot. But I also I had a little bit of like a stigma on the mind. I was like, I'm interviewing Denzel Washington from the movie. Flight. <laughs> like he's going to tell me all sorts <laughs> of crazy things. Like he's like, yeah, I, I, I landed a plane upside. I'm like, oh, my God. It's so You know, oh but like God. just like you said, sometimes just having the luck to not have anything go on is the best way to go about it. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, again, if you ask people who've maybe been through some pretty hectic situations, I mean, and they've come out of them on, you know, on the other side, they would probably not want to do it again if they, if they were asked. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, I like not having a lot of crazy stories. Funny stories are good, but yeah, I think. Uh, I love funny stories. Yeah. Do you have yeah. make me feel better? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like, because you get to work with uh, a co-captain and co-pilots, um, do, mm-hmm. do you have any, you get to work with like any living legends? Like you'd be like, oh yeah, this guy right here. Like you just look up to him and be like, I want to be him one day. There is one person I've worked with who like fully embodied my my whole 
airplane nerd type thing. Um, and I mean, he's, uh, he's quite senior at the company they work for, and he's also a really nice guy. And I mean, so like, again, since I've been a kid, I've always been kind of obsessed with airplanes. I can look up at an airplane, I think at a young age and tell you what it was and, um, that kind of stuff. And he, uh, independently wealthy gentleman, he was showing me an auction that he was going to where he is buying like Vietnam era fighter planes for his private airport that he has kind of thing. And I mean, it was, it was such a, he was such a a genuinely interesting person to talk to again, because not just because of his background in aviation. I mean, my career is very different. Um, having started, you know, in the year, you know, in the two thousands, uh, compared to people who flew in the seventies or in the eighties when aviation was still kind of a very, not to take away from it now, but more romantic in a way. Um, I think it was just a very different thing where, yeah, it was still in its infancy. There's a lot of new things still being done. I mean, so speaking to some of those people, it, it is really interesting to hear some of their stories. Um, again, they had more exciting things to say than I probably did if you brought them on. But I mean, anyways, yeah, so he just kind of had all this stuff going on. He was kind of that person where you envision he's, you know, that, well, I guess he's that handsome older gentleman who's, you know, seen it all. He's been there and he really just loves to fly outside of his job as well to the point that he's buying airplanes, cool airplanes that he can go and fly as well. So, I mean, do you have any like particular moments you'd like to share with us? Like as a, like favorite, favorite thing that is like, wow, if I wasn't a pilot, I would never experience this. Um, yeah, hold on. Let me just pull this out. Cause I wrote down a few things. Oh, oh, a few. (laughs) The man loves his job. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's just, again, I don't want to say they all blend into one, but I think there's just days where you're like, wow, this is just a great day. But, um, once I was asked to fly the prime minister, uh, when I was living out in Vancouver, I flew the prime minister from Vancouver to a place called golden British Columbia, where they're opening a new bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of filled me with pride to think that my company said, Hey, we're flying the prime minister tomorrow. Who can we call? Let's call Mike. Oh, yeah. They called me in to do that. And I thought, you know, that was something that was uh, was really cool just to be picked for that. Um, meeting the prime minister wasn't really as exciting as, as I thought. Was it, was it Trudeau at the time? Uh, no, it was Harper. So Harper. it was quite a, it was quite a long time. Oh, ago, gosh, so. yeah. It's Jenny in the back. Hi. <laughs> I don't know. We were saying, like, I wanted you to come on. <laughs> they're, asking they're asking about interesting stories. I'm like, Jenny has much more interesting. Oh, is that Jenny? I can't even see. <laughs> Hello, Jenny. Hi. <laughs> hey, guys. How's Evelyn? She's good. She's just having a nap. Oh, that's good. Hopefully we're not I being too her. loud. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. She can sleep through anything. She's a good baby. Okay, I'm going to leave you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming back. We'll talk later, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I get it was, yeah, it was, it was Stephen Harper. I mean, and regardless of political views aside, it was still pretty cool meeting, meeting the prime minister. I mean, and, um, kind of his entourage and then the actual, the air traffic controllers passed us like some message at some point. They're like, can you uh, let the prime minister's entourage and let him know to call the blah, blah, blah. When he lands, I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. (laughs) on some cool message. Like what, what what are we actually saying here? Like secret agent. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. (laughs) It could have been like, um, uh, Mr. Harper, uh, they, they requested you to call little Wayne. I don't know why (laughs) they have said that, but you might want to give him a call. (laughs) You know, like you could have said any name. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like we, we didn't know what we were doing, yeah. but yeah, so that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, one of the big ones I think again, highlights for me is just, I get when you kind of end up flying with your friends, cause it really is like going on a road trip with your friends. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool just showing up to work. And sometimes if you don't know who you're working with, you're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. That's kind of a good one as well. But I mean, um, Hmm. Oh, this is one that I wanted to say too, is meeting people, who are inspired by this. I mean, coming on here today and then finding out you went to air cadets and how excited you are about this kind of stuff. I mean, that kind of takes me back a little bit um, as to when I was first getting into this or first excited about it. So when we have people come up to the cockpit, kind of once we're on the ground coming to talk to us, Hey, can you show us around the cockpit and you know, answer some questions like stuff like that for me um, doesn't really get old. I think, cause I remember when I was that kid who was still allowed into the cockpit in flight to go take a look around at that kind of stuff. So things like that meeting Jennifer again. Um, I gotta say if it wasn't for this career, I wouldn't have met Jenny 
so that's kind of a big one i know that's kind of sappy but it's true i mean it's it's uh it's kind of important right so what else did i put down Uh, one thing just the simple days of flying too like when i first started flying um every day was really new and really exciting and really challenging i kind of do miss the simplicity of just flying up the coast in vancouver delivering freight that was so much fun uh there wasn't as much Oversight, I guess you're working for a small company. Those are kind of my favorite times. And I kind of, as much as I love the airline career that I have now, I definitely miss some of those really new days where everything was new. Maybe head still had that shiny, exciting bit to it, I guess. So if if, if that makes sense. (laughs) No, it does. Your career in anything, like you're kind of, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's still really cool what you're doing. So I hope you always see Well, that's why we brought you on. You're a famous yeah, yeah. friend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask too, like, you know, do you stay overnight? Because you mentioned before that you like to schedule, you bid your schedule that like you're to and from in the same day. But like, mm-hmm. have you had to have to stay in a lot of hotels or in Airbnbs like over your career? Yeah, we, you definitely do spend a lot of time in hotels. I mean, if it's, if, if, yeah, if, if you thought you stayed in a lot of hotels before, if you get into this industry, you're like, okay, wow, this is, you know, you could do four hotels, you know, on a, on a given pairing kind of thing. Wow. Um, so yeah, you, you definitely can. And I mean, and that's, I think where most people develop their, we talked about routines before, but people have their hotel routine. They get in, this is going to sound terrible, but you check for bed bugs. It's just, it's, it's just a, a reality of staying in a lot of hotels. Unfortunately, you learn, but um, you kind of hang your clothes up, you set your food aside, you put it in the fridge. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, you do, you get to stay in some pretty cool places, but it does mean a lot of hotels. You have a you favorite chain? Hotel. Um, I'm a, I'm a Marriott guy. I like the Marriott too. Yeah. I'm, big. yeah. yeah. I'm a Marriott guy. My, uh, unfortunately we don't, we're not allowed to collect points anymore. Um, huh. at my, I know at my previous job, we still could. And I mean, Marriott, uh, here's a shout out to Marriott, or I guess, is it, what are the, but is it Bone Bonjour or Bone Voy or whatever it is now? Oh, I don't even know. But there's there's new. It's a new it's a new structure now. But their point system is probably one of the best. It was amazing, and they they treat you really well. Hilton, I think, is another really big one though. I think uh, between right. Hilton and Marriott, those are probably my two my two preferences. So yeah, I stay at those all the time. Those are yeah, all they're all the they're time, great. Once a year, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> all the time. I I just prefer those. So what's the last time you stayed oh, yeah. in a hotel? The yeah, last, exactly. Yeah, like that's the thing, right? I mean, like. It's weird. Like I was in a hotel a month ago, maybe. It does feel weird. It's just quiet. There's no one around. Nothing going on. Everything's kind of closed. It's a little depressing. Has, <laughs> yeah, uh, how things changed. Yeah. Has COVID changed your job a lot since it broke like, in, back in March? Yes. Huh. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's changed a lot. Of short answer, yes. Happy that you still have yeah. one. But like, you know, yeah. str- being in the cockpit, you, you have to wear the mask the entire time. You have to test no. on a routine. Oh, right. Yeah, so it's 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 kind of it's kind of a strange one. I mean, it's um, well, COVID in general has felt pretty strange, I guess, in a lot of ways. But um, we are kind of under the same restrictions in terms of being in the airport wearing a mask. But once we get into the flight deck, we don't we don't have a mask on anymore. It's just the two of us. Um, the flight attendants still wear a mask though when they're with the public. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's I'm just trying to think. That there could be separate policies at other airlines, but I know for now that's kind of how we've approached it. I mean. Like, I think, well, Selena can attest by how much I've been around now. Like, I think I only flew six times in 2020. Wow. Yeah. So, which was, you know, it's, it's, you know, you look back on it, you're like, wow, that's not a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because how many did you usually in previous years, like per year, how many flights would you say? We d- I'd usually do about 12 days of work a month, 11 or 12 days of work in a month, which is great. Um, we could do up to 16. So yeah, doing, you know, six flights in a year was a real a real contrast. So, I mean, huge. if there was ever any doubt that something was going on, that was kind of a big indicator, right? You're like, wow, I'm just mm-hmm. not, not going flying. Yeah, no, nobody's in the skies anymore. Even, uh, I guess my house, um, is over a flight path. I know mm-hmm. they change on, on, on every few years or every so often, but yeah. now we don't hear it. It's like silence. It's, it's weird not to hear planes over my house. It's, it is. And imagine and when it, cause it will go back when it does yeah. go back. It'll be, you'll be like, Oh yeah, that's, that, that's that sound. That's no, Oh, I, I missed that. I missed that. I'm, hopefully I'm on board one of those planes and you're, and yeah. you're flying, Mike, you know? Yeah. Well, it was, I was, I was in Miami two months ago, three months ago for, we had to go down there for training. And, um, it was kind of weird because the airplanes are packed. 
I was on a full airplane. It was, it's, it's a very strange comparison between, you know, Canada and the U S that way it was a little uncomfortable. I mean, everyone had masks on, there was no issues with that, but it was just something that over the past year, I guess we're not accustomed to as being really in close proximity to other people. Yeah. It's like a new anxiety for a lot of people, believe it or not. It is. And I mean, I kind of hope that we get over it soon, but I think it's, it's going to be a challenge, right? I mean, like this is as close as we're going to get to seeing each other for quite some time, right? I hope to hope to actually get to meet you in person one day. So you and I can, you know, chat about this kind of stuff. I mean, it's uh, this is kind of what we're all going through right now and settling for, I guess. And hopefully this does come to pass and, you know, bringing it back a little bit to you being a pilot and a wonderful one at that and a very passionate one, which I love, (laughs) you know, is there something I have the reason. So let me give you a backstory on this question. Cause I I brought this up because my ground school instructor, uh, he was a really, really quirky guy, but he he had like a, a funny sense of humor, and he was like, "Oh, he's like, what what do you say to a pilot if you ever meet him, or what, what are you going to say to a pilot when he lands the plane and you want to thank him for like doing like a good landing? Like, is there something that you like? Uh, is there a way to thank the pilot? Be like, hey, that was a nice landing, even though now that's autopilot, but it's like, hey, or hey, that was yeah. a good flight. Like, how is there a way that someone says like? you know, thank you for the safe flight or, or you really greased that landing. That's where my whole thing, like, you know, like that's old school, right? I mean, I'm never one to shy away from a compliment on a landing. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic when I get them, but honestly, like, I think a lot of the time now, um, now, and don't get me wrong again, like I said, I love when someone comes and says, you know, that was a great landing, but there's so much that goes on between a takeoff and a landing that some people might not even know about. If someone has come up and said, you know, that was a great flight, I'd be like, oh, or it's a smooth flight. The biggest thing I think a lot of us pride ourselves on when you operate an airplane, just like if you drive a car, except if smooth. our friends who go through stop signs or whatever, but I mean, <laughs> is how smoothly you operate the airplane. Okay. I had a chief pilot years ago who said, ideally, the passengers in the back of the airplane should never know when you're climbing, descending, when you're changing the power on the engines. Obviously, you can tell, but I mean, if it's done smoothly, it should be. And to me, I pride myself on that. So... I think if someone was in the back and said that, if they, even if they just said, you know, that was a really smooth flight um, or just something like that simple is great. Um, but there is nothing more ego crushing than when someone comes up and is like, wow, you really hammered that one on the runway, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I really felt that one there, bud. <laughs> like... <laughs> but it, it does happen. We have days where our landings aren't, you know, as nice as we'd like them to be. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's kind of funny. It's a real... It's a real just slam. You're like, oh yeah, we know it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go tell that in the back. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, I, I've always thanked my pilot. It, it'd be funny if you came <laughs> over the mic and like as a captain, you hear that that ding ding, and you're just like, my, my bad. <laughs> like, so I'm like, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> yeah, pilots are humans too. They're allowed to make mistakes. <laughs> it yeah, does happen. Right. But yeah, it does happen from time to time. As long as we land and we're fine, like that's, I'm fine. That's I'm happy. Yeah. You hear that, Just Sel? Next time you're on a flight, you compliment the pilot for a smooth flight. Oh, yeah. you know what I do? I actually do. I say that. I'm like, thank you so much. And then, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, yeah. That, that's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> and give them a big smile. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank I'm you. running out. <laughs> running off this plane. <laughs> Mike, you you were talking before at the beginning of the podcast about uh, your passion project, and it uh, it Selena had mentioned the Instagram. What is that? Oh, right, your flight uh, photography. Yeah, so like I kind of pick up and drop certain projects, I guess, along my yeah. along my through my lifetime. But I mean, photography is like I mentioned is something I've always kind of been interested in, and I kind of started just a little side thing, a flight level photography. I just wanted to incorporate kind of what my viewpoint, I guess, and other things. And so I bought a drone so I could do some of that as well. So it's pretty basic. It's never really gone more than me just kind of enjoying going out and taking pictures. Not to say that I hope it doesn't maybe, you know, do something someday, but for the most part, it's just me having an Instagram account and posting pictures from time to time and that kind of stuff. So I'm still learning my way around social media. I think it's kind of sad actually at this point that I don't know more about it, but. <laughs> Got it. Here it is. I was looking yeah. for it right now. Ah. See, I a shout out. So cool. Got to give it a follow. Flight underscore level underscore photography. All right. Thank you. Yeah. No, these are pretty awesome. Like you're being modest. Like look at this shot. Wow. And that was, that was the first time I've been flying in quite a while. Actually. I remember that it was just a beautiful, that was one of those times where you were talking about fun times. I kind of went 
kind of all across the country. I went from Toronto out, out to the West and then back again, and we a bunch of stops along the way. I'd seen friends that I hadn't seen for years. So just even like a 10 minute catch up was really, really enjoyable. That was actually, mm-hmm. that's a flight that I really had a good time on. Cause again, I hadn't flown for months. So that was a yeah. real pleasure actually. Yeah. Yeah. You have really good shots here. So people should definitely check them out. It's <laughs> a pretty amazing thing <laughs> and have a good eye for things like that. Oh my goodness. Anyways, Mike, I just want to say, I am th- so thankful that I got to talk to you today. You know, my first famous pilot friend for coming on <laughs> to the Famous Friends podcast. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. I mean, yeah, thank you for having me on here. I mean, Selena has been, you know, telling me about the podcast and I felt bad that it took me so long to start listening to you guys, but it's, it was a real pleasure to be asked to come on here. And, um, and, and thank you. I, I can yeah. talk about this stuff for hours. So before we go, oh, I, I, I yeah. have one final question for you. If you had to give any advice to up and coming pilots, what would it be? Let me tell you, <laughs> as I hear the page flip in the background. <laughs> yeah, I I think the big one I would say is don't let things stand in your way. If it's and this, I guess this goes for this career, or really anything else. I mean, if it's something you want to do and you feel passionate about it, you know, continue. Find out as much as you can about it. Um, you know, some people have got into this career and realize they don't like it. But if it's something that, you know, you want to do, don't let something stand in your way. See how you can do it. Um, you know. Rent an airplane yourself to make sure flying is something you actually actually enjoy doing. Um, you'll probably see setbacks. I mean, I'm again, like I mentioned, I'm, you know, 20 years into my career, we're seeing a big setback right now. I've seen setbacks in the past. It does happen. So try not to get discouraged um, by stuff like that. Um, YouTube videos. I know YouTube's such a big thing. It wasn't when I was a kid. YouTube really is a great way to see a lot of, there's lots of pilots who have YouTube channels and stuff like that. Um, Again, not to, I'm not criticizing any of them, but they tend to show a lot of like the positives and the glamorous sides of things. And there's also a lot of less glamorous stuff. So asking questions kind of like we're doing today, you had me on a podcast to talk about these kind of things. And I mean, if you do find out if there's a pilot you can talk to who can maybe tell you the ins and outs, you know, tired, fatigue, that kind of stuff also plays a role in our careers too. But it's still an amazing career to get into. So if it's something you're passionate about, just like anything else, follow it as far as you can and, you know, do the research and... I don't know. Yeah, I'm really lucky. I had a lot of support going through this uh, for my family and friends and that kind of stuff. So that was a really big thing. But yeah, don't don't let yourself get discouraged if you see some setbacks or anything like that, because it's a very rewarding and exciting career, I think, for sure. That's some genuine advice, Mike. Thank you so much for that. No, no problem. All right. My beautiful co-host, Selena, thank you again for bringing my new pilot friend onto the podcast. (laughs) I'm so happy we can make this happen, guys. Thanks again. Hopefully we can see each other soon in person. Yes. Thank you.